With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Night fans, so sorry you missed the live show, but this replay is brought to you by Gordon and Partners. Gordon and Partners are dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who've been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice directly from somebody you trust, which in our case is Michael Hoffman, a UCF alum. Contact Michael directly at 407-913-5350 or visit the website fortheinjured.com. Don't just trust anybody. Trust a fellow knight. Trust Gordon in Partners for the Injured. Hello, Night Nation. Trace Trolko here. This is the Sons of UCF Live. Back this week with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hi, Trace. How are you? Welcome back. You uh, you had a nice week off, I hope? I did. Spent some time Great. with family, my nephew's graduation. You know, I want to quote, I, I went back and it took me almost the whole week, but I went back and watched the replay, which you can find mm. on demand at the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. And I mm. never watched the comments, but this time I did. And then, you know, a good friend of the show, Dolly Drama, mm-hmm. you saw this comment. Refreshing change of pace. Sometimes mm. a little switch up is fun. Sorry, Dolly. I'm back. <laughs> you, you saw that, did you? I did. I did. <laughs> Matt Dolan says charge on. Does that help you? <laughs> no, it was good to see. I miss Mike. I miss Mike in this space. And of course, Leo. Leo sends me a video clip that he shot uh, a couple feet away from the Pope. He's in Italy. Of course so, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's good to be back. Good to see you. Of course, we will be off next week because uh, you're, you're going to be out of town. So uh, so we're going to take a week off. But uh, some breaking news. Thursdays have been built for breaking news. We've, we've lucked yes. out yep. in that regard. Former UCF quarterback Mackenzie Milton reunites with head coach ooh, Josh Heupel in Tennessee. Added to the coaching staff as an offensive analyst. Not reuniting with Scott Frost anywhere, not named to the UCF coaching staff with Gus Malzahn, but headed to Tennessee. When you heard that, what was your reaction? I'm not going to lie, uh, Trace, looking at him in this orange uh, certainly <laughs> took a few minutes to uh, to get used to. Um, you know, not overly surprised. I mean, McKenzie's talked about his love for football. He's talked about how much he thought maybe coaching would be something he gets into down the road. I think if you're following along with his NIL career, he he obviously moved the, uh, the 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 platform over now to the kingdom. You know, I know he's still a board of directors, but he divested a little bit there, so you could kind of see the dominoes falling. Um, and, and I think at some point, I always expected he would get back into coaching or he would start out with his coaching career. I didn't know that I had Tennessee on the list. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it, but I don't know that I, I, I had Tennessee on the list. But you know, when you think about it, it, does make some sense. So not overly surprised to see this news from McKenzie today. So I saw some of the reaction on social media this afternoon, uh, a miss by UCF not retaining McKenzie. Uh, what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to plug something, Trace, but prior to us getting on here, I had a chance to talk to Andrea Adelson from ESPN.com. She's the one who sort of broke and wrote the story about McKenzie's uh, move to Tennessee. And I asked her point blank. I said, hey, you know, did UCF miss an opportunity here? Was that an option? Um, she said they didn't talk about it specifically. Casey did not make any mention that he made choices in between places. It sounded like he went to Tennessee, enjoyed his time there, liked what he saw, liked the atmosphere. Hypel said, hey, let's do, let's do this thing. And he just said, sure, let, let's do it. So I don't know. I don't 
would it be great to see him come back and, and be a coach at UCF right now? Sure. But he's also got to cut his teeth as a coach, right? And this is a great opportunity to go learn, learn people you're comfortable with. Anybody out there, think about if you're taking a job for the first time, you probably want to go work for some people, you know, and, 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 you know, in this case, an offense, like in, maybe in your real life trace, like a computer system that you're comfortable with. And I think that checks a lot of boxes for McKenzie. So what I've loved to see Gus find a way to get him on staff at UCF. Sure. But I also don't think it's an indictment on his relationship with UCF an indictment on Gus Malzahn. I think it's simply this is a really good offer, a good opportunity, checks boxes for him, and you know it makes sense now. That does not mean he can't come back to UCF. So let's all remember really quickly, he's an offensive analyst. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked, Trace. He has no on-field responsibilities. He's simply going to be analyzing analyzing stuff you know, up in a box in the game. He has no on-field coaching responsibility. So if a, an on-field position opens at UCF next year, that's a promotion for McKenzie. So I don't think this means the door's closed on his, his ability to come back to UCF. I think it just checks a lot of boxes for him right now. And uh, he talked about the familiarity, the comfort level that he had with athletic director Danny White, who, of course, was at UCF. Josh Heupel, who was at UCF, as KZ said and was quoted, he knows most of the coaches on the Tennessee staff, right? So there's a comfort level there. He showed when he went off to Florida State and then came back in uh, with UCF. You know, he's got to love for Night Nation and for UCF. And, you know, he's always going to be close to the program in some form. Yeah, I, I don't know that's like when when I when people say this, I don't know that's a knock on McKenzie. I think people take this more as a knock on Gus Malzahn, right, for not bringing you know McKenzie back. But again, I think to your point, you know, McKenzie's got love for for UCF, and if if it was the right time, the right situation, they would have worked it out. It's just not that situation right now. I don't think it's an indictment on either party. Um, I don't think it's Gus saying like, no, McKenzie, I have no interest in you being on my coaching staff. Sometimes the opportunity just isn't there, right? Sometimes the 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 dollars just aren't there. Let's not forget. Tennessee's budget for coaches is probably a smidge higher than UCF's budget for coaches. So perhaps there are more analyst roles walking around Knoxville than we have here in Orlando. Right. So maybe there's some, some element to, you know, Gus wanting to do something, but just monetarily not making it happen now. But I don't get the sense that this is Gus saying, I don't want McKenzie here or, or McKenzie saying, I don't want to be here. I think it's simply right opportunity, right place, right time. and, And he wants to start his coaching career. Well, remember, it's just a year or so ago that he was participating in a pro day, right? And with the hopes of continuing his career in the NFL, that didn't work out. He was on with us on a live show and, you know, said the USFL, XFL, those sorts of things were not of interest to him, right? But he always wanted to remain close to the game. And he was, you know, very involved with mission control over the last year and has got married, has a child and, you know, just the next stage of his life, he, he wants to coach. And we saw, right? We saw when he was in recovery, what he had done with Dylan Gabriel and other quarterbacks. I mean, he was a coach on the sideline. Well, and lest we forget, he actually was an assistant coach for Scott Frost at the Army, Navy, or whatever, the All U.S. All-American uh, high school football game a couple months back, right? Scott Frost came out of the mothballs, did a one-time coaching tour. McKenzie was on his staff. So you kind of already saw the itch for coaching was there. And again, in my conversation with Andrea, which will drop in its entirety on YouTube after the, sh- after the show airs here tonight, she talked about not only McKenzie's development with Dylan Gabriel, but how much Jordan Travis, the current quarterback of Florida State, still talks about how much he learned from that season with McKenzie. So I think that coaching DNA, that coaching mindset's always been there. I think, look, McKenzie's told a few people, you know, in off the record, if you will, coaching's a grind, right? It's it's a full-time job. It's a grind of a job. And I think he wanted to make sure he was ready to make that commitment and that his family was ready for him to make that commitment, right? It's not a nine to five coaching job. Hey, I'll be there at nine o'clock out of five coach. See you next, you know, next day. It's, it's a full-time job. And I think McKenzie wants to make sure he was ready for that. His family was ready for that. Um, and that it was the right time. And again, clearly, you know, for him, this is, this is the time and this is the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned Andrea Adelson, a little behind the scenes. Uh, this news breaks, uh, Adam and I are messaging back and forth. I'm like, who can we talk to? And I remembered that Andrea Adelson was a guest on the Sons of UCF podcast. And I said, Adam, the show. reach yeah. out uh, to, to Andrea. And then you messaged me and said, hey, she can't do live, but we can talk to her. And I'm like, run with that. I still had work to do. So you had the opportunity, a little pre-tape segment. We have a soundbite, a little clip from your interview earlier today. It was essentially the right time for him. He called it a, a no-brainer because he gets to work with Coach Heupel. It's obviously a very familiar situation for him. Danny White, obviously, being the athletic director at, at Tennessee. And it just felt like he was home in some respects. And it would be a great place to just be able to start out his career with so much 
familiarity. They love Knoxville. His wife loved Knoxville. It's a very young coaching staff. So a lot of younger wives with younger kids, they're expecting another child. So I think that was a determining factor as well. But I think the bottom line is he, he missed football and he wanted to have this opportunity to get back into it. And uh, it was too hard to pass up this, this chance. Good old Rocky top. A good interview with Andrew Adelson. How long did you end up talking with her? Yeah, it's about 20 minutes, Trace. We, we touched on a lot of Mackenzie stuff. Um, and for those who maybe keep track on these things, she also did a story recently on John Rice Plumley and his his spring schedule. So we talked a little bit about that. And uh, she spent some time with Gus Malzahn. So she had some insight on the UCF to the Big 12. So again, we'll drop that on YouTube right after uh, the show airs. So make sure you subscribe to hear Andrea talk all things KZ, all things UCF, and a little JRP. We thank her for uh, squeezing uh, Sons of UCF into her schedule on a busy day of reporting. Wish Mackenzie Milton all the best. We know he will forever be a knight. That Mount Rushmore, right, of UCF greats. So, well, and Andrea said something interesting, and when that in that bite, I just play Trace. This was a great time to start his career. This doesn't mean this is going to be his job for the next 20 years. No. This was a great time to start his career. Well, we all have loved him to have started at UCF, sure. But how many other coaches have come back to UCF? How many coaches have played? Uh, I don't want to say anything out loud, Trace, but I'm going to. The Cows offensive line coach, UCF alum, by the way. I mean, sometimes you go coach where you go coach. And, and it doesn't, does not mean at some point McKenzie can't come back. Now, you go coach with the Cows, you may need to stay there. But McKenzie, you can come <laughs> back on home from Tennessee. And uh, we'll run a little clip from your interview earlier this week with Sean Becton, who has proven right throughout his career that he has remained close to UCF, even when he has been uh, a part of another coaching staff. So good luck to Mackenzie Milton. We know good things are ahead for him one day. Got to know it, right? He'll be back in black and gold in some form or fashion with UCF. What was going to be our lead story was right the high of UCF baseball, a four seed. Yes. They they get the win. Good pitching go. performance for Cam Leiter. Boom. They move into the winner's bracket. Right, the get top off me. seeds, top one, two, three, they lose. Easy. They're going against the eight-seeded cows. This, Who? this is a no-brainer. A little war on I-4 in the middle of the afternoon on a Thursday, right? Close up shop, right, yeah. Reliable Friday starter, Rudy Gomez, you know? He, he's, yep. he's your pitcher out there. They're going to win. They're going to move on to Saturday, stay in that winner's no. – no, they were run rolled, <laughs> run rolled by the cows, 15-4 oh. in eight innings. Uh, cows with a seven run fifth. This was two nothing cows. UCF scratch back, make it two two. Okay, then the seven mm-hmm. fourth Knights use seven pitchers, which you don't want to do now in a double elimination, right? Where you gotta you gotta win, you gotta beat. By the way, ECU, which they they got swept there earlier. Uh, in the season, right? You got to win and you got to move on to Saturday. You just got to keep winning now. Yeah. Not good. A- after the game, uh, head coach Greg Lovelady uh, spoke with the media, those in attendance. I was on Zoom. This is the fastest soundbite you're ever going to hear. Yeah. Coach Lovelady's Listen. reaction to the loss. Listen quickly. Um, you know, just obviously uh, not a very good performance today. Uh, we didn't play very well. Yeah. That sums it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up. Had several minutes, Adam. But when you got that, when I sent that over to you, I just need three seconds. We'll hear from Coach Lovelady a little bit more. He previews uh, the matchup on Friday afternoon with ECU. We've been talking baseball these last several weeks with Nate Marrero, uh, now a UCF alum. Uh, the uh, it looks all grown editor. up all of a sudden. Look at him. The Jordan picture's down. You look all grown up already. <laughs> Jordan's still on the floor. You did not return Jordan to the wall. Well, I mean, I can grab him right now if you want me to. Uh, I think you're only – oh, he did. He literally <laughs> – Or he's going to do it, yeah. Okay. There you go. There is. Between you and me, Adam, I think Nate hops on him. in hopes that he can make a little money from Robert. I don't see Robert in the comments <laughs> yet, so <laughs> – Robert may be in a poker maybe game somewhere. Maybe tough today, Nate. Maybe tough tonight. And yeah, it uh, is what it is, you know. You know, we've been talking about – Nate's been working on a feature on uh, Ben McCabe, who, you know, became the all-time home runs leader. Uh, for UCF, surpassing Chris Duffy, who messaged me a little bit earlier. He's he's run into a little bit of a challenge time-wise. May be able to hop on with us. If not, we hope to catch up with him another time. But, Nate, you talked to him uh, as part of your piece. How's your story coming along? It is really good. I think I might just have to interview Ben one more time, and I think it might be good to go. We'll just see how it all pans out. I've talked to Chris Duffy, who we met in the summer of 2021, I believe. 
his former head coach in high school, Clyde Metcalf, who had 950 career wins at Sarasota High School over 41 years. Is that good? Is that good? That's, That's really good, good as yeah. by my calculations, you know. Yeah. Journalist, I can't really do math, but that's, I think that's pretty good. Uh, who else? Um, on Friday, I showed up to the Wichita State game, and I see someone who, like, I've never seen before sitting at the media desk. I'm like, who's that? He looks an awful like, a lot like Ben McCabe. And it was his brother, Brett. So I ended oh. up get, getting him for the story. Like, his, like, that was great. I got to meet the family as a whole during a, the weekend for a senior day. And it was just great people. I couldn't, like, they've been amazing and um yeah, no, it's coming along really well. Uh, just hopefully uh, it'll get published in the next week or so. Well, you know, you messaged me this afternoon. We talked and I said, right, UCF gets this Thursday when they move on. Said, yeah, you're like an uh, hour yeah, in. Yeah. You're like, no, you're like pitching, pitching, pitching. Let's go back uh, to Tuesday. Cam Leiter, who earned a spot on the freshman all-conference team. He's had an interesting season, but he's really sort of come into his own here down the stretch. He really has. I mean, early on. Yeah, which is typical for a freshman. He struggled. He's trying to find his footing. He's trying to get comfortable, too. And just you see as the years progress, especially his last few starts, he's starting to come into his own. He's much more composed. And his stuff, like, he has the best stuff on the staff. That was what you can – even when he was struggling, you could see that. You Like, if he was on, he'd probably – like, everyone at their best, he's probably their best pitcher. And he's starting to put it together. I mean, what he did against Cincinnati is everything you'd want from him and more. I mean, seven innings, no runs on 98 pitches, which is – relatively efficient just like his growth is uh it makes you excited for the future i mean maybe he'll pitch again a lot's gonna have to go right from the pitch again in the conference tournament but i mean just moving forward like he has ace potential yeah that's another shame of the loss on thursday of course against the rival in tampa yeah. is you may not see camp lighter again they've got to get past ecu uh, they made it a little tense on tuesday though right i mean he pitched well brought in Najer victor who gave up a run. Then you bring in your, your closer, Kyle Kramer. He gives up a, a blast. It's 3-3. It's yeah. three, three, and then The ball still uh, hasn't landed yet. Yeah, yeah, it's still sailing in clear water. But then the dramatic walk-off by Andrew Bray. Yeah. I mean, and that's not – of all the guys, what, they have seven guys that have hit at least ten home runs. Like, Andrew Bray's not a guy you'd expect it from. It's just he got a good pitch and just got a good piece of it. And that's – well, he had the grand slam against, uh, who was it, Dartmouth, too? He just has a – when he does hit home runs, it does seem to be big moments and just couldn't have been a bigger moment. And uh, it seemed like they had so much momentum after that. Everything everything seemed to break right in the tournament afterwards, and then today happens, and they just laid a dud. Mm. Yeah, Nate, how catastrophic is today's loss? Obviously, it's a loss in the tournament. It's a loss in the tournament, but it's a run rule by our rivals. Maybe the last time we play them for a while, obviously, leaving conference – um, how, how catastrophic is today's loss? It is pretty catastrophic, I would say. I mean, if you were, I mean, going against USF with your ace on the mound and, and Rudy, you thought you'd be set. And then you could tell, like, right away, he had, like, a 25-pitch first inning. You could tell he just didn't have it. And then it just kind of spiraled downward from there. And now you have to go and face ECU, the one team that swept you in conference play. And, you know, obviously both teams' backs are against the wall. But, I mean, ECU is the number one seed. They have this pedigree of, you know, every seems like every year they're dominating the conference. And uh, it's just, it's not, I mean, just it's as simple as it may sound, it's not great. Like it's, you know, the season. That's the analysis, Adam. It's not great. But the season may very well just like, we'll look back and yeah, that Thursday, that was pretty much it. That's, you know, that was the end of it. And it was just a matter of just showing up on Friday and whatever happens, happens. Like who's pitching tomorrow? Do you know? Those lovely idiots. No, and you know what's interesting about that is it was not asked in post game. Um, yeah. I asked him about Rudy. He said Rudy wasn't feeling well. Rudy had you mentioned that makes sense. A lot of, a lot of pitches. Early. Lot of uh, he had nearly fifty pitches through the two innings. So I thought, okay, they they didn't think he had it right. So they want to be able to bring him back in. But every single person they brought in, they had seven pitches. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, did nobody anything. had anything. <laughs> but the good thing is nobody pitched for very long. Yeah, but I mean, you, I mean, if I had to pick one guy, I guess Tagliano would be. He's the starter through the least amount of pitches. I mean, one guy. Yeah, literally one guy. Um, I mean, Dominic Castellano looked good against Wichita State. But I don't. It's just, uh, it's not looking great. I mean, their offense can hang with the best of them, but it's not going to matter if you can't pitch. If you're giving up 15 runs to USF, not much you can do. 
I was going to ask Nate, not to be negative at all time. Can you give me any positive out of today? Was there any positive you saw? Anything I can hang some hope on here? I'd say with, with their bats, you know, usually with, with UCS offense, it's tough for them to – when you have two games where they're kind of like ho-hum, maybe they're due for a big outing tomorrow. Maybe their offense shows up. That would be yeah. the – I guess the one thing you could hang your hat on. But it's um, – I mean, it's going to be an uphill climb. I mean, it's uh, – everyone got their hopes up after – Tuesday, and rightfully so, it seemed like, you know, if there was a path for UCF to make it to the conference championship game, that was pretty much it. And then you have to handle your business against USF, USF, who's the eighth seed. But, I mean, the tournament was wide open heading into it, and it's playing out that way. And UCF had its chance, and they may have very well just blown it. Yeah, it's catastrophic, some say. You mentioned ECU. They lost at ECU earlier this season, 17-7, 11-5, then 3-2. So that one, you know, give them a it's little bit. It's Zagliano pitched well in that game. Yeah, so 3-2 in that one. Uh, we ran the uh, we ran the long Greg Lovelady three-second soundbite uh, summing up the performance today. Adam, could could you run it again? Do you have it? Can we can we hear it again from Coach Lovelady? You know, just obviously uh, not a very good performance today. Uh, we didn't play very well. Three errors today, uh, Nate, in this one. So let me set up Coach Lovelady when I asked him, handicap ECU now. They face them at 1 o'clock. Winner moves on. Loser goes home. What about the Pirates? You know, you got, you got to play really well, obviously, with, with um, you know, seven or eight lefties in the lineup. Um, you know, they play for the beginning. They put a lot of pressure on you, you know, bunts. Um, they can run a little bit, so they'll try to just slap balls off the ground and use their speed. Uh, they don't make a lot of mistakes defensively, um, you know, and they're, they're very deep on the mound, so um, you know, you're, you're going to going to see some good arms no matter where you are in the game, no matter what the score is. Um, but you, you got to be able to play good defense. You got to be able to, to execute pitches. Um, can't give them any free bases um, because when you do, uh, they'll, they'll get up there and some of those big guys will hit some doubles or home runs and turn, turn you know, a one-run inning into a four-run inning really quick. So um, just keep them off the base pass as much as you possibly can, limit the amount of damage they can do, and, and um, you know, just try to execute pitches. All right, that's the game plan. What's your confidence factor in that? Um, I mean, that should be the game plan against everybody. Don't let runners get on, make plays defensively. Um, I mean, if I had to give a confidence, let's see, on a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, Jesus. I'd like to be allowed back onto, back at UCF. I'd give it maybe. You're good. Wow. You're good. Your, your association with me, Nate. <laughs> it's, it's already rocky as it is. Um, <laughs> Uh, maybe a four. I don't know him. That's what I thought I heard you say last week. I, I don't know who that is, Trace. Yeah. Who? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, even man, if they do that, though, even if they get by ECU, they've got to keep replicating that. Yeah. They've got to do it on Saturday morning, uh, and then they got to do it again. To, the, I mean, they got to keep winning. Don't they have to beat, like, a, I think they play USF again, and then they have to yeah, beat them twice. twice. Yeah. They'll yeah. be twice. And like, do they have that much pitching to get through? Well, they have to get past ECU first, which is already an uphill climb. I mean, you just, yeah, take it one game, game at a time, you know, cross that bridge if or when you get there. But I mean, it's, you know, they dug themselves into this hole and they're going to have to dig their way out. All right. I'm going to try to ask this one delicately, Nate, because to, to trace his points, you know, people are watching us. Um, do you think the result of this tournament could have reverberations into next season? Oh, I'm gonna have to be careful how I answer this. Um, it definitely can. Um, when you look, they're going to the Big Twelve, new conference. Um, and after after what's happened earlier this season, you know, for like for them to kind of lay a dud in the conference, it, I mean, it could be it could be enough for them to maybe head in a different direction. But I mean, it's it's a it's a rough spot. It's been an up and down year, and um, I don't know. It might be coming to an end soon. Hopefully it doesn't, but it's it's, it's going to be tough. I think I'm obligated in every show to ask a baseball question regarding John Rice Pumley. So, uh, Nate, uh, what do you make of John Rice's play lately? He's actually been playing pretty well. He's been pretty consistent. Um, I think he's got more power in his bat than I think a lot of people thought. But what do you make of the way JRP's kind of closed out his season now that football is done and he's got time only to focus on baseball? I think he's been – I mean, for the most part, he's been relatively steady. I don't – I mean, I think if you look at the stats, I don't think there's much of a dip even when he was bouncing – Football, from what I saw, I mean, what he has 10 home runs, I think, this year. Like, the production he's had this year, it's like, 
if you would have told him at the beginning, yeah, he's gonna hit, he's gonna hit around a little below 300, but he's gonna have 10 home runs. He's gonna play solid, really good defense in center field. I mean, you take that any day of the week. Nate, is there a is there a draftable guy on this team? Obviously, the Major League Baseball draft comes up in early mm-hmm. July. Is there a, is there a draftable guy on this team? Is there a, a player you think actually has an opportunity to be a relatively higher pick or at least be drafted in the in the July draft? Oh. I mean, Ben McKay's been the best player on the team. He's been solid behind the plate. He, he's uh, probably got the best shot of the players who are draftable. Um, Cam Leiter. He's not draft eligible, though. No. I think you have to be – you have to either play three years in college or you have to be 21 years old. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah. Um, maybe moving yeah. forward, I think Sundin's got a good shot uh, next year. But um, Plumley draftable? I think he's going to stay at UCF to play football and see that through. Um, is he draftable? I, if, I think he'd, if with one more solid year, he'd have a shot. I think he'd have to see it for one more year, and then he'd be draftable. Interesting. Let me put you on the spot to end things. Uh, should UCF wow. lose tomorrow or Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, what what are you asking Coach Lovelady in the postgame? Oh, man. What am I asking for him postgame? <laughs> That like you're outsourcing get... outsourcing questions, that trace. Yeah, no, veteran it's... move, veteran move. Like, you know, maybe like because this team was like this team has been so up and down. Like maybe why was that the case? You know, why was there like there were so many highs and there were so many lows? Like what was it? Why did they have so much trouble being consistent? Would probably be my question. All right, I'm channeling my inner Nate Marrero. Should that opportunity arise, <laughs> Nate? Looking forward to your uh, Ben McCabe feature. And of thank you for being it. with us on the Sons of UCF Live. Sorry that Robert wasn't here and that this was not a um, well-paying 15-minute slot. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Nate. Anytime you guys want me on, so, I, mean, I appreciate it. All right. Thank Thanks, you, Nate. Nate. Uh, softball, uh, they finished 40 wins. Uh, they looked good, right, against South Carolina in the first game. Then things went south uh, against FSU and South Carolina. One last time this season, you had them live last week, a little – pre-taped segment with Eric Lopez, the voice of UCF softball. Well, guys, the UCF softball season came to an end over the weekend in Tallahassee last week in the regionals. Knights got off to a great start on Friday, beating South Carolina 6-1. to Sarah Willis was the winning pitcher there. Chloe Evans had a big game for the Knights. Unfortunately, they would lose the winner's bracket game, the number three-ranked Florida State, 5-1, to and lost to South Carolina in the nightcap as their season came to an end at 40 and 21. Some defensive miscues, some t- not timely hitting no, uh, was kind of missing from the Knights. Some questionable umpiring uh, from the FSU game in particular with some shenanigans going on, kind of some Scott Foster stuff, if you will. Adam knows what that's about. So the night season comes to an end, 40 and 21, a season that maybe a few years ago would be celebrated uh, uh, throughout. But that's the, the, the expectations have changed in the UCF. It's certainly after 2022's magical year, the bar is super high at UCF. And certainly even Cindy Ball Malone, UCF head coach, mentioned that in the postgame, saying we're not satisfied with how we ended uh, our season. People tell us great season, and our goal every year is to reach potential and have no regrets, and I don't think we reached either one of those. Knights now turn our attentions to the Big 12. But before we do that, 40 wins, third straight season that the Knights have gotten 40 wins or more in a single season. That's the first time that's ever happened in the program. They did win the American Conference Championship Tournament in Tampa, go out on top, uh, leaving the American, going to the Big 12. Sarah Willis was the tournament MVP. What a bright spot, huge. Becoming the ace of this team, throws the first ever perfect game in seven innings in program history, was the tournament MVP in Tampa to win the American Conference Championship. For Sarah Willis, Chloe Evans set the school record in tr- for single season triples, most outfield assists in a year, had the top four RBI, most single season RBIs, second most doubles in a year, fifth night player to ever hit slugs 600 or more for Chloe Evans. It's just a magnificent season for this night season. 40 wins. And the ultimate compliment is that they still believe they want more. What they want more is now is to win regionals. No longer good enough to just get to regionals, winning regionals. And perhaps the ultimate go get to OKC. So the night season comes to an end. The good news for me is the Panthers hockey season is still going into the Stanley Cup final. Will the heat season, how long will that continue? 
in the postseason hopefully will also uh, get us through the next couple of weeks. Guys, always a pleasure. Back to you. Uh, We appreciate uh, having Eric Lopez a part of our program uh, this year. Answer his question, Adam. Heat, how long are they going to keep playing? Is Is it over soon? Here's the problem, Trace. I'm the most nervous fan on earth, right? So we really needed that game four. We're in Boston tonight. Game five starts literally in like four minutes. Gabe Vincent not playing. Heater 13 and five, I think, when he starts in the playoffs. Or 18 and five, rather. So um, that's going to be a big loss. Can Kyle Lowry step up? Bam out of bio. Anything you want to do tonight is appreciated. But I still think we lose this one. And really, it all comes down to game six in Miami on Saturday night. If we can't win game six and you get to game seven, all bets are off at this point. So I'd love to see playoff Jimmy show up tonight. It's happened before in Boston, but I'm the most pessimistic person on earth. So I'm assuming we're going to lose pretty bad. Is uh, Matt Dolan, I saw his comment earlier, is he throwing out money if I say Iowa? <laughs> Did not appear you were involved in that, uh, ELO only. Mm, mm. Uh, let's uh, talk a little more football news. You mentioned JRP earlier at 24-7 Sports on Twitter, their list of most dynamic quarterbacks heading into 2023. Number one in the country, Adam, JRP. Most dynamic quarterback. What do you think of that? I mean, dynamic's an interesting word. I see how you get there with his ability to run and, and make plays with his feet. You know, we had some passing touchdowns. I mean, there was a pretty interesting list there, but um, this is not going to get us a single solitary win <laughs> next year. So I, I'm going to play UCF Mike here. I could care less about these, these ranking lists from random sites that are ranking different random things. So you probably won't like Athlon Sports, uh, Big 12 preseason team. No UCF Knight on the first team. Second team, Xavier Townsend at punt return. Third team, a couple of guys, Ricky Barber, Trayvon Morris-Frash, Jason Johnson, Colton Boomer. And they go so far deep as to have a fourth team on this list. RJ Harvey, Javon Baker, Lokahi Paule. No first teamers, though. Not a lot of respect from Athlon for your UCF Knights out. It was surprising. I mean, typically, you know, uh, Palua is usually a guy you'd see up there. Ricky Barber, you think you'd see up there a little higher. Our only second teamer being Xavier Townsend, who I, I love the kid to death, but I mean, he didn't have a stellar punt return here. To have him second all te- or, uh, all conference punt return was a little bit head scratching. So let's just use this as chip on our shoulder music, right? Let's just, you know, Gus has put this on the bulletin board. They don't respect us. They don't think we got we got real football players here, right? Let's let's use that mantra and see if we can't win a couple games. There were a couple of real billboards up in Times Square. I saw on, those, uh, yeah. Wednesday, uh, Coach's Tour, along with Gus Malzahn, Johnny Dawkins, Coach Messer from women's basketball, Coach, uh, of course, uh, Terry Mahajer, President Cartwright, there in the Big Apple. And you know what I noticed? I want to uh, bring in our guest here, who is from the New York, New Jersey area, Rob Sassente at NYC Rob UCF. He was there. You, you looked, you dressed down a little bit for us, Rob. I see. You dressed down a little bit for us. What about this event? Everybody was schnazzy at this one. Yeah, it was um, cocktail attire. Um, so, I mean, I don't usually wear a suit even to work. So um, it was the the one time of the year to wear a suit. So you, you have to you know, dress to impress. All right. We're, we're going to ask you, of course, no doubt, what scoops you got from this one. But how would you describe the overall event? I think, you know, I live in uh, the Orlando area, and I think we take for granted the opportunity to attend things like this. But here, a lot of these guys came to visit you in your neck of the woods. What did you make of the overall event? I mean, I thought it was awesome. And like, I mean, they came uh, pre-COVID, so I think it was 2019. Um, they also came like um, Danny White. Hypel, um, Dawkins was here also. So, um, you know, it was nice to see them again um, and, uh, you know, press them on questions and stuff, stuff like that. But more importantly, just seeing the alumni um, going to these events is what makes everything so fun with UCF. So, you know, just especially in New York, like you, you don't really think about it of saying like how many alumni are in the area um you know obviously for watch parties um and stuff like that you get the football fans that go and show up but for these it's more of a networking event on top of it so um the vibe was good i mean there was uh i would say guess maybe around 200 people there um so it was a pretty decent amount and um it was fun you know ucf knows how to have fun Rob, you mentioned obviously speeches by the coaches, a little Q&A. So what information did you gain? Did you right. learn Scoops. anything new, anything exciting that you learned last night you picked up that you can share with us? Um, yeah, I mean, so 
the I really didn't talk to um, President Cartwright at all. He's been he was bouncing around like uh, nobody's business. But um, I talked to Gus a little bit. Talked to Johnny, um, Terry. Uh, we tried to press <laughs> Terry as much as possible on what schools we may be adding to the Big 12. He would not give any information, um, but he said that they are ongoing discussions of adding um, schools. Um, so that is always just good to hear. Um, I also had brought up if he wanted to play USF in football ever again, and he said uh, no. Uh, so, um, he joked around a little bit of that, of just saying like, it's um, it rubs him the wrong way um, about uh, how USF treated that whole thing during the Big East, uh, even though he wasn't here um, at the time. But he was just like, you know, we'll play them in other sports, but football, let's uh, let's not do that. <laughs> um, and you know, with um, with Johnny, I, I was talking to him a little bit about you know the transfer portal. Um, you know, Trace, you you know, I've been pretty critical lately um to that point adam exhibit a could you bring up the photo look at the <laughs> best of friends huh you are so critical of did you say to johnny what are you doing here shouldn't you be gone by now isn't that i um i went right up to him and i said you know you've been doing work in the in the portal so, you know, like, I'm your biggest fan, coach. Right on, right on in. Um, but he did say uh, to expect um, a possible transfer commitment over the weekend. Um, so that's something to kind of look forward to. Um, and, you know, he, he, he was talking a, a little bit about trying to get out of conference um, scheduling down and it opens up some new opportunities being in the Big 12. So, you know, he's been talking about um, trying to get a home and home with Duke. Um, obviously, the connection there um, with his old school. But um, so that would be cool to go to. And, you know, I tried to ask him a little bit about if there was anything that he was really interested in or uh, a circle on the calendar, basically, of a Big 12 schedule. And he said he's really looking forward to going at Kansas. Um, he never played at Kansas. He never you know, coached at Kansas. So he was very excited about, you know, having that experience and experiencing, you know, that atmosphere. What about any more insights from Coach Malzahn? Anything about the offense? Anything about Darren Hinshaw? Um, you know what? I, I didn't have a long conversation with him. Um, he was also- Are you best friends with him too? Have you ever been critical? Is there any receipts on uh, your- Twitter timeline. I don't think so. I won't say anything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't have a lot of time with him. Um, he was, he was swamped um, as you can imagine. Um, but he did um, again, he mentioned some scheduling that they've been trying to get home and home with uh, Miami. Um, but he said that they're dodging us. Um, so um, I don't know how true that is, but um, if there was some passion there that he wants them on the schedule so he could go down there and, you know, kick a little ass. Before we let you go, uh, you shared with me 2008 marketing major at UCF. Uh, that's when you graduated. You live in the New Jersey area. This is the part I like, though. You work in finance now for the Bazooka Candy Company. Any, yeah. any, any free samples? You never asked that, right? Would you like to? Be a you know participating sponsor of the Sons of UCF. We accept. <laughs> if, if you want, if you want samples, I could I could get a gift basket and send it over to over your way. Or yes. maybe that's a future giveaway to subscribe to the Sons of UCF uh, YouTube channel or something. Maybe, maybe we can do that. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> you, Rob, are a great follow at NYC Rob UCF on Twitter. Very opinionated. Now, you get into the political a little bit. So if oh, you're boy. A little snowflakey about that topic. You might be offended by Rob, but if you like his hot takes on all things UCF, uh, he is uh, Johnny Dawkins' number one supporter on Twitter. Adam, <laughs> one more time. One more time with a photo. I, I mean, J.P. Gilbert would like a word with you. <laughs> Are you a part of the agenda uh, with, with J.P. Gilbert? Um, I, I don't, I don't want to commit to anything, but <laughs> I, I am so wishy-washy with um, basketball, and it's just like, you know, the passion is there, but I, you know, I, I think he expects 
us to be that way as fans. Um, so, you know, he, he understood that there was uh, some uh, disgruntled fans, um, but, you know, we're, he's, he's confident going into this year, putting the, um, the transfer portal, all of those commitments coming in um, as of, you know, recently. Um, and he's saying that everyone has a chip on their shoulder. They're ready to play in the big 12 and, you know, he sold me. <laughs> he sold him. I love that. I love that. By the way, UCF Mike was very nice to Johnny Dawkins to his face and then comes on shows like this all the time and, and bashes him. Rob Sente, great follow on Twitter. Great UCF Night fan. We thank you for being with us on Sons of UCF Live. We'll have to have you back soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Speaking of coming back, look who's back. Nate. Nate's back. You know why Nate's back? Because our earlier guest, who, who was uh, otherwise occupied, uh, busy, couldn't make it. Chris Duffy, great UCF night baseball player. Let's bring him in. Oh, a family affair. Hello, Chris. Night baseball player, 2007 to 2010. Former uh, leader in home runs. Nate, you interviewed Chris. Nate, welcome in to Sons of UCF. Who's the little guy? Nate, it's actually a girl. Her name's Alina. Oh. But yeah, yeah, yeah. See, her hair. That's right. That's cool. <laughs> I, I caught her by the ankle. That's hey, oh, Ely. Oh, Ely. Say hi. Say hi. Yeah, she's uh, she's Hawaiian. She'll be at the Hula Bowl. So. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, we appreciate you stealing some time. I know you've been uh, busy uh, this afternoon. When you saw Ben McCabe making his way up the uh, home run leaderboard there, you, you yeah. had to think maybe he was going to catch you, huh? Uh, yeah, I was hoping he actually did. Uh, it helps people remember what I did. So it actually, <laughs> it, it, it brings back some relic because everybody else, everybody forgot about it, you know? And uh, now we have, even including players I coached, they, they weren't even, what, some of the 13-year-olders or 10-year-olders weren't even born yet. So it's a good feeling, you know? It's pretty cool. Chris, I don't know if you saw the, the game today. Knights took a tough loss. Obviously, you've been a player before. What do you yeah. do after a game like that, Chris? How do you do? You just wipe it out of your memory and forget about it. How do you how do well, you bounce back after a game all, like it, that? It always sucks against USF because you know we're uh, you know that's our rival. But um, a game like that, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, they won the first one. You got to remember the good, you know. Uh, but we're still alive in the tournament and baseball. You know, it's not over till it's over. So if they keep on scrapping tomorrow or they play again tomorrow, right? We play again. Yeah, back at it at one against ECU. Ooh, East Carolina. <laughs> that, that was my hitting coach. <laughs> and Palumbo, that was that was my coach back then. At they're a pretty good but, team. Um, they're really good. But guess what? They're backs against the wall, too, because they lost one, too, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it, 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 it'll be a really good game to watch because it's do or die for both of them. So... Yeah, that, 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 that'll be a definitely a good game. So I'm going to tune in to that one if I can. Nate, hop in here. Yeah, so um, when, when I talked to you, you talked about when you first met uh, Ben McCabe. Can you just go through again, like, what that meeting was like and how did that conversation go? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I, I met him over the summer, uh, two summers ago, and he actually told me he was going to break the home run record. He, he, he told me, he's like, I'm coming after your record. So um, I like the confidence that he had. I kind of took him for granted back then, but now I'm taking him serious. I took him serious. So, <laughs> but that was pretty cool though. Um, I didn't know he was the one at the time until he told me he knew it. Right. But uh, I, I think I'm happy that I inspired him to do it. He, he always said, Hey, I saw you do it. And then I went for it. And I saw a lot of guys do what I did hit 400, hit 20 bombs. I saw guys before me do it and I believed it. And, I'm glad that I could be an inspiration to him to to achieve something that's cool, you know. So, what gets lost a little in the shuffle here is you were tied with a guy by the name of Bobby Kaiser. Did you ever meet him? Um, I believe I did, um, but um, I don't I don't remember his face as much, you know. Um, but I, I remember that's what they said they were tied, but I guess they gave it to me because it was more recent, I guess. But um, <laughs> The single season record is still – I know uh, I, the single season record that, that was 18 at the time, uh, and then um, D. Brown, uh, I remember – I mean, he was there when I – well, he wasn't there, but he was – you know, we talked all the time around the time that I broke his record. So, uh, But I haven't talked to Kaiser as much. So. 
Chris, obviously looking ahead to next season, UCF making a jump to the Big 12. How excited are you to see your Knights now playing in the, in the Big 12 Conference? You know, I've seen um, – I was at UCF when the stadium was being built and the arena was being built. So I, I saw UCF grow before my eyes. Um, and, you know, I knew the history back then. And they were we were trying to come up back then, and it's really cool to see how far we came. Um, they guaranteed me that we were going to have a big stadium my, when they were recruiting me, and it's finally here now after years later. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, um, and then they, you know, and from back then it was Conference USA. Um, before that, it was w whatever it was, right? But I was in Conference USA, and they kept on moving up. Now that now they were in the. Um, all-American conference and now the the big 12 that that that's really cool man um i just just watching them grow and become big time uh and almost surpass fsu and uf that was the goal back then you know we were always comparing ourselves to them and now we're up there with them so and nobody could argue that you know so like it, it was cool to see the um them growing throughout the years so here you go. yeah <laughs> And I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the 2010, so while McCabe surpassed the career record, you still hold the single cigarette record in 2010 for Manny Edwards and home runs and RBIs. What was that season like? I mean, it just seemed like you were in the zone that whole year of the, that season you had. Well, it actually came from the failures that I had, man. The first three what, – what happened was in, out of high school, I was a draft pick. Uh, and I turned down, well, my parents actually, I, I wanted to sign, but my parents wanted me to go to college. It was cool. So I turned down some money. And then after my junior year, um, I ended up not even getting drafted, you know? So, uh, it was definitely a hard time for me because, you know, that was your dream. And I was like pretty much staring at my dream, like, okay, is this going to come true? Am I going to have another opportunity again? And, uh, you know, I, I just decided in my mind and in my heart of hearts and soul and soul that I wasn't going to just go unnoticed, you know. Uh, and I really – I think that brought the beast out of me. Um, I, I, I could definitely say that. And it was just – I was just going on a tear uh, from that energy that was stored inside of me, you know. So um, that was – and actually, that's what's driving Ben, too. He's trying to get picked up as well, you know. So um, So – I think that energy right there um, translated into what happened. Um, and also, like I said, mentioned earlier, me seeing other people do what I did or, you know, accomplish those things, hit 400. And I even told my roommate, Shane, who ended up hitting 400, I was like, we got to hit 400 this season. We got to hit 400, right? And we ended up doing it. Kind of like Ben told me he was going to go out the record. And, but if you believe it, you could achieve it, you know? So um, I think – that was pretty much the motivation and the motive behind what happened there. But I'm glad it happened, um, you know, turning negative into a positive because we wouldn't be having this conversation right now, you know. So, And I did have an, uh, a good pro career as well. Um, didn't make millions of dollars, but it was a good career, you know. So I did have that, was able to live my dream and, um, you know, have opportunity to play with a lot of big-time players. Uh, that year I was a Golden Spike with Bryce Harper and Pomerantz and Grandal and those guys and stuff like that. So it was a really, it was a really cool experience, you know, um, that baseball rewarded me with uh, for sticking through the, the ups and downs, you know, and not giving up. So. What do you make of the story this year? John Rice Plumley, QB one and man in center field for the Knights. Hey, that's cool. That's cool. I, I, I wish I was a two way player. Um, I, I think it's even more cool that because um, I know football coaches in the past didn't really let guys play baseball or both, um, you know, at UCF, even when I was there. But uh, I think it's cool that he's doing two, two sports. It's hard to do, focus on two and really be good at two. Uh, so he's one of a kind, man. Um, and I hope he has a good football career and baseball career. And I, I hope he makes it in both, too, <laughs> you know. So we'll let you go with this one. Uh, bring us up to speed on what you're doing now. Understand you're the director of Florida Travel Baseball. Tell us about that. Yep. Uh, I run FTB Select, Florida Travel Ball organizations, ages 10 through 14. Uh, got over like 100 families that, uh, you know, believe that uh, we can develop their sons to play baseball. Um, and 
really, I'm just giving back what baseball gave to me, um, you know, and development starts when they're younger, you know, 10 through 14. And if you set the foundation right, they'll be able to hopefully have a chance to play in college like I did or pro, you know. So um, FTB was a really good organization. It's a first class organization that I that I joined um, and I was coaching with. And then um, they put me in the role of general manager and owner of the uh the 10 through 14. So it was really good opportunity and just feel blessed to have the opportunity to help the, the kids out, you know? Um, and it, it's in central Florida, you know, where, where I went to college and they have opportunity. We have UCF days as well, where we go out there as an organization and the kids kind of see where I'm at. And um, that's all I was saying. Ben helped me out with that too, because they, they forgot about that <laughs> or they didn't know. Right. Um, yeah. Some don't know, it, but, those of us yeah. who saw you really appreciate what you did while in yeah. Knights uniform. Appreciate it. But it's realistic to them now, right? They believe it. they're like, oh coach, you were you were that good? I was like, Yeah, but I'm just your coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, that's what's cool, you know. That's what's well, cool. you're making a difference in those young people's lives. Chris Duffy, we that's appreciate right. you squeezing some time in for the Sons of UCF tonight. Thank you. Go Knights. Charge Thank on. You. I'll see you guys around. Yep, charge on. Let's Thank go. you, Chris. All right, Nate, we appreciate you hopping back on when we knew Chris could join us. So we thank you, and uh, and we're looking forward to your story on Ben McCabe. Yeah, no, can't wait. And thank you guys for letting me come back on. All right, anytime. Is that the first time we've had a guest on twice in the same show? <laughs> Maybe. We had, the, we had Andrew Glukov, who just didn't leave. He never left, though. Room. He never left. No, that's a, he yeah. never left. Nate actually logged off, signed off, and then came back in. So that well, may be the first. Uh, when you told me Chris was in, I messaged Nate and – yeah, yeah, yeah. Back on. We uh, we're talking about great players like Chris Duffy. You got yeah. you and Mike got a chance to interview just a Hall of Famer. I mean, a great guy. I gotta tell you, uh, there was many years when I was involved with UCF Alumni Association on the board, along with Sean Becton in the Community Volunteers chapter. And there was many a Saturday we were out from uh, river cleanups to uh, Habitat for Humanity to beach cleanups, and Sean Becton right out there involved in that, going to meetings, involved in community service projects. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason, and you guys spent a good bit of time with it. He's candid with you guys. Yeah, look, if you haven't heard the whole interview, I mean, he, he talks pretty openly, especially about uh, his, his time uh, leaving UCF and kind of what that period was like. And, um, you know, he recognizes that, you know, some, some fans, some people gave him some, some flack for, for taking off. But I think he did a nice job explaining a little bit about what was going on behind the scenes. So uh, if you've always wanted to know a little bit about some of the conspiracy theories, I, I think you'll, you'll enjoy what Coach Beckton had to say. But uh, one question that Mike asked him was, you know, the question we assume he gets a lot and and we all talk about a lot. He was on a lot of great teams, a lot of great staffs. So, Coach Becton, we wondered, what was the better team, 2013 or 2017? I just thought that for the players aspect and the defensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball, special teams, I thought that was our best team, you know, during my time. 13 was pretty good with Blake Borders and, and Pearman and, Storm and, you know, some of those guys over there on the defensive side, come on, Ishmael and Boye and those guys. Uh, but uh, the 13 team, I mean, this, the 17 team was probably the best uh, team to probably ever, you know, step foot on campus. And that's saying a lot coming from a guy like Sean Becton who saw a lot of teams and was a part of a lot of UCF football. And right before we started live, I said to you, what's so great about him is he scored four touchdowns in a game, four different ways. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I don't care what level of football you play at. That was, that was great when he talked well, and about that. He talked about how he, he tried to get a fifth. He tried to get a kickoff return. He had a punt return, and he thought he had a chance for a kickoff return late in the game. So he, he was going for that, for that elusive fifth touchdown, but unfortunately, uh, he'll have to settle for four. Yeah. four a lot of good stories there. Stick around for when he talks about the Hale Perryman ball. That also interesting. Full interview on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Before we open the mailbag around the Kingdom, Shareholders Society welcomes 350th member. Congratulations there. And volleyball new head coach Jenny Maurer makes her first hire. She welcomes associate head coach Jason Tanaka. All right, Adam, it is your favorite moment. It oh. is. I don't I. I'm already, I can't wait. It's back by popular demand. It's that time again. Time to open the Brian W. Peterson Sons of UCF mailbag. 
Such, such a good amount of cheese involved so there. It's just so good. It's just so good. It's unbelievable. All right, at Troy OTC, what does it say about UCF? The only quarterbacks that have been added recently were from the Cows and Charlotte, and they were castaways, says Troy OTC. Like, I think sometimes you read too much into schools guys are coming from, right? Like, we all weren't jumping up and down for Jason Johnson. We all weren't jumping up and down for Kobe Perry. I mean, these guys were good players. So, while certainly they're not coming from the biggest name schools out there, that does not mean they're not talented. Xavier Williams got scholarship opportunities. Gunnar Smith is a huge human being at 6'4", 212 pounds. Are they going to be great quarterbacks? I don't know. But we also need depth, too, right? And, and so uh, they're both young kids, young kids who can develop. So, yes, I would love for them all to come from Michigan and USC and Penn State. But sometimes, you know, you, you find players in the right spots and you get them here and they, they blossom. So I'm not going to worry too much about where they're from. Two questions from Michael at Emptiness 4. He says he misses Andy. What? Where is Andy? Have you talked to Andy? Uh, you know, Andy and I messaged recently. Uh, he was just taking a little break, a little hiatus. You know, he's a football X's and O's guy, so I think he's pulling his hair out. You know, nothing to analyze right now, so I think he's just in the lab working on some new uh, some new we phrases to, or whatnot. Can we bring him back? Uh, on the, we can do anything we want, we Trace. Anything, anything we want. Um, and then Michael asking, what sport will have the worst record for the first year in the Big uh, 12? And he says, we need a photo here. Trace, please stare intensely at Adam while he answers. That, of course, from our live show uh, when we were, uh, where were we? We were at the, uh, what was the hotel? Uh, Celeste. The, name of yeah. the Celeste. Uh, that's when I was listening intently to you. You look a little sunburned there after the game. I was absolutely sunburned. Uh, nobody listens that intently to me ever in my life, Trace, so I appreciate you for that. <laughs> All right, what well, sport? Going to have the worst record in the first year in the Big 12. I'm going to go women's basketball. That is that is mine as well. I think Coach Dawkins will uh, eke out a couple more wins than Coach uh, Messer. At where T now, likelihood of starting men's track and field. I think it's a great idea, but with Title IX and the scholarship offerings that you have to have, you're going to have to add a women's sport, which I think should be beach volleyball. But I don't think UCF's adding anything. Um, yeah, unlikely. At Cap Beach One, looking at the numbers from the Cal Stadium plan, are they really going to go ahead with that? $380 million. So they're really going to do that. They think they can raise 13 to 14 million from operating revenue. UCF gets about eight. Anyone looked into their claims. If they can get that kind of money, does UCF need to raise ticket prices? Men's basketball and women's basketball ticket renewals went out and they have raised ticket prices. <laughs> so they, they are looking for different ways to. Bring why why do any of us expect that the cows did wonderful research? Trace, I got to do this really quickly. Nate is still in the stream. Uh, <laughs> he done, but he, he left the room. So we just have. Nate's empty room is still available for our viewing pleasure. <laughs> oh, I don't know where he went. I don't know if I don't want him to walk back in in some form of a, uh, a condition <laughs> I don't need to see. So I'll take it off the screen. But Nate's empty room still available. Uh, at Dolly Drama. Dolly, he likes to he likes to freshening up of the show with different hosts. But sorry, I'm back. Um, he's got four questions, by the way. Four questions. Yeah. How much NIL do you think it takes to fuel an elite softball program? More than UCF is committed to it. But um, I, I don't know what, uh, you know, I need Eric Lopez to weigh in on that. Maybe he doesn't even know. I don't know how published uh, softball rates are, but more, more, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what a good number is for that, but more. Uh, civil yeah. conflict perhaps being revived with chatter of UConn joining the Big 12. Is that healthy for the league? I'm not big on this one. Yeah, we, I've, we've had too much UConn in our life. I, I'm, I'm okay with them moving on. <laughs> I, they don't. UConn. They don't offer much outside of the the basketball teams, which are obviously very good. Um, maybe their baseball team is good. I have no idea. Uh, but their baseball they don't team offer is good. Much. Okay, well, good. Uh, they can stay where they are because I don't want them over here where I'm at. Uh, question number three. Lovely. Hey, Nate. Hey. Hey. Oh, hey. Hey. That's hey. <laughs> <Rest laughs> three. Yeah, your chair was on earlier. We just popped <laughs> up the chair. You weren't there. Oh. Uh, yeah. Bye, no, Nate. Chris Duffy called me. Bye, yeah. Nate. <laughs> uh, uh, question three from Dolly. Love lady pink slip question mark. It's not off the table, right? I think the way that the season has ended, um, I don't think it's off the table. I think that that certainly, I, I look. I don't want to say the season comes down to one game, but I think you win that game, you win this, you win the championship, you get to the championship game, you feel a lot better. If I'm if I'm if I'm UCF, I, I think you have to start looking. I'm going to continue to say what I've said that I think every coach deserves to coach into the big 12 that's that's my stand uh question four what's your summer drink hey i was at frenchies yesterday or the other day in clearwater pina colada 
Pina I don't think Pina Colada fan. Yeah, it's not bad. It depends where I'm at, Dolly. Like, I need some context here. What am I doing? Where am I at? Is it hot? Is you know, am I indoors? You know, what am I? What's my situation here? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a typically a seltzer guy. So give me uh, the Happy Dad uh, Fruit Punch Seltzer. If you guys all haven't tried that, it's got electrolytes in it. It's healthy for you. <laughs> it's healthy, healthy seltzer. Don't fuck up twenty three. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I hadn't had. You could have just said Falk, I think, like Marshall Falk. With the season of Survivor nearly over, now over, I've DVR'd it. I don't know who won yet. If you were stranded on a deserted island, only a knife and some flint, what's your favorite color? Black and gold. Survivor still on is my first yeah. question. Yeah. And shame. I, look, shameless admission. What is flint? Uh, you use that to start the fire. The little, I don't know what you, it is, but. Well, thanks for thanks for explaining it for me. Then. Um, I don't know what it's in it, but Nate, Nate, do you have any idea what? Do you know what Flint is? Um, absolutely not. Um, right, but, Nate, there, but uh, I can Google, Google that. It. Get back with us. Do I you watch it. Survivor, Nate? Absolutely not. Okay, I like Nate already. See you later, man. Okay, that's that boy Drew. We talked about him earlier. I guess we need to ask the crew's take on the new gold helmet. Do you prefer bright gold or metallic gold? Any gold. I'm with Brian W. Peterson. Any gold whatsoever. I like a little bit of the shine on the new helmet. It's hard to tell in the pictures how much it's going to be. I think our old gold had a little brownish to it, so I do like a little shine on there. Although you say, if Mike put it out, it looks a lot like the cow's version, nah. so you're going to have to change that a little bit. But I do like the new uh, the new gold. At Mr. Nightman underscore, should UCF have an alternate Pegasus helmet? And why is the answer to that question yes? Resoundingly yes. All four. So he means like the Pegasus horse with the wing situation? Yep. Yeah. Um, I could be in for that. Yeah, I think alternate on a, on a rare basis. That's the academic logo, so I think you know it's tough to brand it with the sports, but I think we can throw that in there because it is on the sleeves. So, you talked about it on the pod, and Brian W. Peterson up in the ante throwing a poll in. If you were given the power to set all think kickoff he is? times for the season, what time are you picking? I actually thought uh, I'll read through his choices. Noon was six percent. You were, those people were cow of the week, right? The six percent that said they want noon kickoffs. Do they not ever be, go outdoors in Orlando on a in a September at noon? Apparently, three thirty, twenty six percent, seven p.m., sixty one percent, eight p.m., seven percent. My actual answer would be six o'clock. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like any of these times, actually. Um, look, I, the best time to see a game is obviously when there's when the conditions are better. Night games are always more fun, so give me the night games. Selfishly, though, it requires more commitment on my part to physically get there. But night games are a little bit easier. Even if you're not going to the game, you can get your Saturday in and watch the game at night. Um, the, all I know is the correct answer is not noon. Yeah, not noon. And at Lonely B UCF, I did not do my homework on this one. Top five dumbest things all UCF right, fans either. complain about and why is number one shade in the stadium? Shade is definitely one. But back to Brian's question, fans gripe about kickoff times, right? If it's a noon game, they can't tailgate, the kids have soccer. If it's a night game, the babysitter with the kid. Fans do not like the game times, no matter what the game times. There's always a group of fans. Is this uh, just specific is. to stadium or the stadium experience? He says top five dumbest things you see. Because that's, a, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, we gripe about a lot of stuff. If you're talking just stadium, I mean, Wi-Fi's in there. No hot dogs <laughs> at the top of the cabana. That's in there, Trace. Lines everywhere is in there. Um, you know, look, Shade's important, Mario. I'm not going to lie to you. Shade's important. I'm a big Shade fan. You saw reference my need for Shade right here in case you were curious. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Shade. <laughs> We've brought a lot of photo evidence to the show. Does do. Nate know what Flint is yet? Did, did, we, did Nate look up Flint? Um, yeah, I don't think that's what you're looking for. Um, a hard gray rock consisting of pure chert occurring chiefly as nodules in chalk. That's Google. That's Google. They use that when they start the fires in the. You keep doing this. No one knows what this means, Trace. I don't know. It sounds like you're saying like it was a tip. It looks <laughs> yeah. Like... They, they rub it together. Well, something to else, Nate. Something else, Nate. It has to be a. It's some type of boomer thing that's like well beyond. Wow, like, oh, boomer okay. thing. So <laughs> I was gonna say that I like this role for Nate as sort of fact checker. Drops in, drops out. Yeah. Nate wanted to come back and read excerpts from a story about Ben McKay, but we're not gonna do that. Okay, we're not, we're not we're, give us something. You got it right there. I have it right in front of me. I'm sure okay. you do. You want me to read it? Give us What's a the sentence. lead. Give me the lead. The lead. Okay. I got gotcha. you. When Ben McCabe was three years old, he got dropped <laughs> off at a camp by his mother, Connie McCabe. The camp had five different sports, football, basketball, soccer, tennis, and baseball. 
Amid the chaos of kids his age running back and forth between the five sports, Ben found his love for the game with a bat, a ball, and a glove. Now, that same kid that got dropped off at a summer camp is UCF's, UCF baseball's all-time leader in home runs. Ah, that's wow. good stuff. I'm hooked already. Now, where's that going to appear? Orlando Sentinel. Orlando Sentinel. I've that NSM it, yeah. stuff now that you're a UCF alum. Yeah. Behind well, you now, huh? You're yeah, big-timing NSM. A little bit. I mean, I... It's also like there's like a word count thing of NSM, so it makes it a little more difficult. And uh, if it was NSM, I wouldn't be getting the help I'd be getting from the Orlando Center, like the sports editor has been helping me, giving me pointers and stuff like that. So that's going to make this, I think it's going to be the best story I've ever written, to be honest with you. Oh, there you go. Hey, you're busy next Thursday because none of us are doing the show. We'll just set you up with uh, the show and you can read the story for an hour. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't take me that long to read it. But, uh, <laughs> and then you can break well, out poetry and you can Google facts. You can take questions from Mario you <laughs> I mean, for an hour. Nate unplugged. Yeah, All right. maybe. I could be talked into it. Nate, we thank you for being Check with that. us. We Thanks, will bid you adieu. Goodbye to your chair, which made an appearance earlier. Looks like a nice chair. It looks comfortable. Reminder. Me. Now, you, have you scheduled the drop? Has it already dropped? Uh, I've not scheduled anything. I've not dropped a thing, Trace, right now. The only thing I'm dropping is my confidence in the heater down 18 (laughs) to start the second quarter. So that's the only thing that's dropping for me currently. By the way, were you watching the heat while uh, Sean Beckton was talking? Because in that clip... You saw a lot of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you sure did, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we were winning at halftime. So I'm like, okay, this is going to go okay. Like I need to pay attention. And then it got worse. And there was a couple of times I made facial expressions, um, not at, at disgruntledly at the TV. And I, I was hoping that Coach Beckton didn't think I was doing that at his answer to a certain question. But he didn't seem to notice. Well, good stuff from Andrea Adelson and Coach Beckton in this show. Thank to Nate for being with us, Chris Duffy, Eric Lopez, and uh, you know Rob being there with us as well. Good show. You're off next week. You're vacationing. Vacationing. The first uh, family vacation in, in a hot minute. So um, we will be out. But, uh, you know, we'll be back, I think. Gotcha. Well, safe travels to you as well. Leo, who returns from Italy soon. We want to thank all of you for being with us. Uh, we will catch you again soon. Be sure to log on and look at the uh, Sons of UCF YouTube channel for that great interview with Coach Becton and uh, as well, the Andrea Adelson interview. All right, everybody. For Adam, I'm Trace. Go Knights! Charge on, everybody. But we got one one more surprise, Trace. Goodbye. I'm Mackenzie Milton. Thanks for watching the Sons of UCF. He pointed at us. I like that. Good. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.